0: ha What's up, it's your boy. Hitting these notes, doing the vocal warm-ups, getting it in. As DJ Cali would say, another one. Over here on this beautiful Monday, going to recap my weekend really quick and then talk about something extraordinary that um, that happened. Uh, because it's not every day that the extraordinary happens. That's why they invented a word that uh, that contrasted ordinary from the extraordinary. But first, uh, like I was saying, today is Monday. I'm going to recap all the way back from Friday because that's when my, my weekend starts. Friday at about 8 a.m. I I choose to take an early friday off every single friday because i can because that is a luxury because that is a little perk of my job and the less time that i can spend there and more time getting into my goals spending with my family developing myself intellectually man that's that's all that's all for the better anyway so i i get off work early friday i'm home by like 8:30 a.m. Um, I get into my workout. You know what? First thing, when I when I got home, my wife tells me, Babe, do you mind if I go on a quick run before before I have to do what I need to do? I was like, sure, baby. Hey, you know, don't worry. Daddy's home. Because I'm home, Daddy can do things like this. And guess what? Now that I'm home, my wife can, can do things that she needs to get done. Right? Hey, it looks like, uh, looks like not being at work all the time. It's not only beneficial for yourself, but it can benefit your family. Let's go. Anyway, so she gets uh, she gets in her run. She has a play date scheduled. We have two cars. And I tell her, I'm like, hey, baby, don't, don't worry. You know, hey, I'm going to join you there. But first, Daddy got to get in his leg workout. I got to do my squats. I got to do my my stretches, my lunges. Daddy need to break a sweat, too. So she does her, her run. Comes home, showers, and then takes my daughter off to her play date. And I'm, I'll, I get in my workout, and I meet them there. About 15 minutes later, spend spend about two hours at this this little jumpy place. Good times. It, it's it's a blessing. I feel like I I see a little a little angel running around with her little feet and her little wardrobe, wearing her little braids and her makeup. Super cute. And uh, anyway, so I leave from there, and then then I'm able to go pick up my son from school. Not only pick up my son, but a couple of his buddies, and now we're hanging out. Now we're having a good time. If I would have voluntarily chosen to work another 12-hour day, I wouldn't have been able to experience any of that. I'd still just be at work making money. And as the old adage goes, money doesn't buy happiness, right? I have enough money. I have... I have a cushion. You know, I'm able to make more happen with less. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you keep. And you know what? That's what I've learned from other people who have experienced financial ruin. From other people who have, you know, burnt the candle at both ends. Trying to get more money, but ultimately ending up even with more problems. Biggie Small said more money, more problems. I didn't say that. So... I don't need more money. I don't need more problems. I already got it. So now I'm at home hanging out with the kids. You know, just, man, chilling. Being a dad. That That's a blessing. What, what else do, do you need? It's not always rainbows and sunshines. But, you know, you, you take the good with the tough. And you become stronger. You become more efficient. You become more evolved in the ways... That you work in the ways that you move, and because you're more efficient, more, more handled, more controlled, you can step into that that role of a father, of a husband, of a, of a household provider, and now you're showing up your best. So good job, Ruben. Keep it up. You know, the, this weekend it was a lot of that, a lot of hashtag dad life, a lot of just you know doing what I've always been doing. Working out early in the morning so that when the kids wake up, I already got all my stuff that I wanted to get done for myself done. Uh, Saturday morning, I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning on my own. Shout out to my circadian rhythm. I love that. I go to bed on time. You know, I'm able to put these kids to bed at a reasonable hour and therefore I go to bed. I don't stay up later than I need to because guess what? I got these goals to get. These goals aren't going to get themselves done. These miles aren't going to run themselves. These weights are not going to lift themselves. These books are not going to read themselves. This journaling is not going to get itself done. I got to do it. And and you know what? I can't pay anyone to do this stuff either. I got to do it all. So, I, I get my rest. I get my recovery. And so that When I do wake up, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to perform. I'm ready to put my best foot forward. And I set myself up to be in a position to give it all that I got right when I wake up. So I wake up at that 4 o'clock in the morning. And you know, there's there's maybe about 2 minutes of sleep inertia to where... There's that grogginess of a little bit of a transition between sleep and being awake. That time is called sleep inertia. Some days, man, you know, there's some some mornings where for whatever reason, it's like Christmas morning. I'm like, man, you know what? I get to go out and do this. I'm looking forward to doing this workout. I'm looking forward to doing that. Just whatever. When I was um, doing my Ironman training... And I had like a 75-mile ride booked. I, I woke up like it was Christmas morning. And that's how I knew that I was on the right track. There was no drudgery. There was no, oh, man, you know, grogginess. It was just, wake up, go. And that's what I did. And, you know, that's what I, that's what I did this weekend. Um, Saturday morning, got in a some weight training. I'm slowly going to start... Reducing my weight training and increasing the miles as this time gets closer to the San Francisco Marathon. Currently, I'm 16 weeks out, feeling good, feeling confident. I took a little bit of time off because I was writing a book, no big deal. And also, it's been raining crazy. So it it just happened to work out that, you know, while it was pouring rain, you know, at, uh, at the butt crack of dawn, I I was at a typewriter, typing. Yep, on my typewriter, the old school. Um, Saturday was my son's basketball game. You know he loves basketball right now. His team, uh, they they need work. You know they're 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 green, they're new, but as long as my son gets to uh, you know go out there and attempt to break someone's ankles, give him a little pump fake, hit a three point so we can hit his hit his teammates with a shoot. And they all hype each other up. That's what it's all about. Of of course winning, they all want to win, but there's been some games where they've gotten blown out where they've got their Their butt's handed to them. But, you know, they're still in the game. And I commend them for that because there's nobody crying out there. There's nobody moping around. It doesn't matter if they're down by 50. They they still have the the attitude like, Man, I'm going to get in my play. I'm going to go and bring this ball down. They can have the ball stolen from them 10 times in a row. And they, they go out with every single possession. And... They they get after it. So that that's really awesome to see. Uh, fa- uh, I mean, you know, I'm going to fast forward to uh, Sunday, Sunday morning. Got in another awesome workout. I was able to watch the sunrise. There is a seasonal creek uh, that's right uh, not too far from my house. I call that the Ironman Trail. That is the trail that I did a lot of my, my Ironman training on. And I got the last little portion of my my miles done. And I stopped at this creek and soaked in the sunrise. The water was reflecting, or the sun was reflecting off the water, which, you know. I, I took my cell phone out, took a couple photos. I like to document stuff like that. I feel like that is a little gem for myself. Like, hey, you're, because you're up d- during the sunrise... Here's a nice little picturesque hallelujah for you. And that's how I feel when when it's like chilly outside. I'm a little bit sweaty. I'm breathing heavy. My, my brain is saturated with blood and oxygen and nutrients. And I'm able to get into that zone of just feeling really appreciative of everything. Um... I I end that run, end that segment, and then it is off to go to church. This church that I go to, beautiful building, awesome, uh, awesome everything. They have these tables, rather than sitting in the pews, where everyone is just, you know, stereotypical, sitting in on benches. These ones have tables, and you can fit about, I don't know, seven people. Seven people on these big circular tables. And it was me, my wife, and my daughter. My daughter still doesn't like to go. She will go to school, but she doesn't like going to this daycare for whatever reason. She chooses to sit with us. Which can sometimes be a little bit distracting. Which tests my patience more than my wife's. But that's something that I could pray about. I got work to do. This woman... Just, you know, some older woman. I didn't think too much of it. She pulls up a chair next to uh, next to me, and she's now at our table. And, you know, there's some conversations going back and forth during the service that the pastor, uh, you know, prompts us to engage with the table. Speak amongst yourselves. Right? So she, she doesn't, uh, you know, really talk too much during that time, but the church service has just ended. And I, you know, give her a little farewell greeting and maybe a little opportunity for small talk as I collect and gather my things and we head out to enjoy the rest of our beautiful Sunday. So I ask her, hey, any big plans for the rest of today? And she she looks at me and she's like, oh, well, I've been homeless for the last, I don't know. I forget how long she said, but she's, she's been homeless for the last six months. Approximately. I was like, oh, wow. She says, oh, I've been sleeping in my car in the church parking lot for these number of months. Like, oh, man. And then... And then she says that she used to have a job. Oh, yeah, by the way, she's 68 years old. And... For the most part, a stereotypical 68-year-old. Where, you know, she was looking older and frail. She was able to walk, but with a little bit of a hobble. She wasn't one of these these uh, Ironman running, marathon running 68-year-olds that that I've been blessed to come across. But she was on the opposite end of that spectrum. So 68-years-old. Sleeping in her car in the church parking lot. She said that she used to have a job, but the person who she she was providing care for recently died, and they had to sell the house, which rendered her homeless. Like, oh man. So, once again, you know, my my heart begins to, uh, you know, break for her. And mind you, this is like at the moment when, you know, everyone is leaving. But we're at this table and she starts to open up even more. She tells us of the programs that she is enrolled in that is giving her hope. Because she has tried to commit suicide. Like, oh my goodness. Ah. You know, stuff like this, the hopelessness that people feel, I can relate. Uh, I've, I've been, I've felt hopeless before. Like, man, what's the point? When am I ever going to get a break? And that was, you know, coming from from a young guy who had all of the world, all of the future, all of the, the potential. This woman, she's 68. Frail. So she was feeling hopeless, tried to commit suicide, living in her car in the church parking lot. And she said she felt she hasn't been able to sleep. She's worried about her crystal meth addicted son. I was like, oh my, man, it it keeps piling on. She said she's filled with worry. She's filled with... You know, uh, emptiness. But the church was providing her with hope because they're helping her to apply for her social security so she can earn a little bit of money. Um, They're helping her with career placements. You know, so I was like, man, uh," the little bit of encouraging words that I could offer at that time, they were very, very much... I don't know. I've never been presented with that that situation before. I know that I know homelessness exists. I know addiction exists. I know hopelessness is out there. And you know what? That is one of the reasons why I do a lot of the things that I do to hopefully stave off a situation like this because there's not much that You know what? It may seem that her situation can never be my situation, but hey, it happens all the time. And this is a a huge reason why I, I do what I do, why I read what I read, why I live the lifestyle that I live, because I know, I know that this could happen to me if I do not act right. And I, I don't know her story. I don't know the trauma that she has experienced in the past. I, I don't know anything about her. We, the little bit that she spoke to me, I don't know, in the course of a seven-minute conversation. Of course, I'm not going to be able to know her whole life, but, man, she has an uphill climb. But she felt hopeful. She was in a good place. She was in the right place. You know, she was in the right place to be helped. And, um... You know, a- after when someone opens up to you like that... At least for me... I'm not just going to say... Oh, alright, well... Good luck with that. Bye. No, that's... That's not... That's not how how I work. Um... Of course, I, I offered her... You know, if there's anything that I could help her with, and uh, she said she's already received, you know, all of her necessities and yada yada, but she did allow me to buy her some lunch, which I was, you know, blessed and in a position to help her do that. And that is not in a attempt to, uh, to toot my own horn or, or or anything like that. The moral of the story is... You know, we need to prepare, we need to plan, we need to forecast what what can go wrong, what are you doing? Are you setting yourself up for success? Are you setting yourself up so that you can have a higher probability of success? Are we implementing backstops? Are we learning how to cope with stress and trauma? Are we facing our problems? You know, all of these things... Yes, someone can help you with, but... It is ourselves that has, that has to do the heavy lifting. We need to know how... We need to know when we're off kilter. When we're a little bit off. You know, because when we start to wobble... And ultimately end up falling down because we can't get our, our center of gravity back on you know back on point then hey that wobbling will eventually turn down into a great fall and the little bit of effort that it takes to consistently hone ourselves every single day to make us a little bit stronger better braver to stand up and face the stresses and adversities of the day you know the the higher probability that we have success and that we don't end up where we don't wanna be, where we don't wanna end up. Man, hopelessness is real. Depression is real, anxiety is real, and when you are in the grips of it, sheesh, you're you are in for a for a lot of darkness. Yep. One way that I got over some of the darkness in my life was prayer. And that goes a long way. You know, there's this book that I read, Atomic Habits, that that talks about small daily goals add up to big results over time. And prayer, it seems insignificant. Getting on your knees, praying to, to God... Asking for forgiveness, for strength, for guidance, that might seem insignificant. But if you continue to do that every single day, and then you start to do it twice a day, three times a day, you start to pray when you wake up, you start to pray at lunch, you start to pray before you go to bed, and next thing you know, you're praying while you're brushing your teeth. You're praying as you're stepping out the door. You're praying as you're putting on your work boots. You're praying all day. And guess what? Now you have a conversation. Now you're having a conversation with God. And now you're becoming empowered. And now the breaths that you take and the moves that you make, man, those are God's moves. God is working through you now. And now you're filled with the Spirit. Come on! That fires me up. That fires me up for sure. I don't have too much else to say other than plan for these storms. There's a storm always on the horizon. Learn how to cope with stress. Learn how to heal our traumas. Learn how to face them. Learn how our body works. Learn how our mind works. Because after all, we are just one, one big piece of, of machinery that needs to know how to operate. And because we are the, the operators, we need to know, how do we work? What happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? We need to know. We need to grow up. We need to know better. So, until then, onward. Always onward.